getting into therapy and just like just whatever right that like there is like I could kind of live my life differently than I was um that just blew my mind and it was so exciting and I was like wait does everyone know this does everyone know like all this stuff you could learn in therapy it's so cool everyone welcome to no surprises a look inside the ambitious joyful and occasionally occasionally terrifying journey of creators Kels we are almost done with our second season here we are really excited look at you you're in a cabin it's it's summer you know it is it is I uh I just came back uh inside from trying to keep my son away from the chainsaws of some sticks and uh, broke up some small skirmishes over uh, pretty much identical bubble wands, uh, but <laughs> really living the dream, you know? Living the dream. It's that summer slowdown. Yes, it is. Uh, but we are really excited to be here with uh, Grace Michelli. Grace is one of the nine funniest cartoonists and illustrators on Instagram, uh, as noted by one of my all-time favorite websites, Vulture. Uh, Grace is an artist and author living in New York City. She works across multiple mediums, including illustration, animation, comics, product design, and murals. Her playful and self-reflective work has been featured in over 50 galleries and museums worldwide. Her first book, How to Deal, published by Voracious, is available now. Grace is currently in graduate school training to become a clinical mental health counselor and creative arts therapist. But not only does she illustrate the bleak realities of life, she has also collaborated with larger names such as Nike, Urban Outfitters. Is it SZA? S-Z-A? I feel so old. SZA. <laughs> and over... And open up the space to fresh young artists with the Art Baby Gallery by organizing and curating. Uh, we have managed to wiggle into her busy schedule to discuss millennials, Instagram, and social opinions. Three things that I'm very interested in. So, Grace, we are <laughs> so excited to have you. Yes. Welcome, Grace. Thank you. Hello. Oh, and welcome, Tony. Welcome, yeah. Tony. Yeah, welcome, Tony Tone. Special guest. Tony, Tony, Tony. All guests. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me, tell me about Tony's name. How do you come by that? Okay. So I obviously have a very Italian last name, Michelli. And, you know, I thought it was kind of a shame that there were no Tony's, there were no Tony Michelli's in my extended family. So, you know, you made one. Yeah. He's like a little guy with a big personality. flows tony michelli you know it just tony michelli yeah sounds good it does i love it it does uh i feel like we gave you a pretty hearty intro that was really fun for me to read uh out loud i loved it but maybe you can start by telling us a little bit about the art that you create how would you describe it yeah um so for the last few years i have shifted toward kind of like pretty personal illustrations and comics that I would say are, you know, loosely inspired related to the like personal journey I've been on the last few years, right? Which is like related to um, mental health, kind of that journey. And and yeah, just like 
lots of changes, um, lots of like big shifts in my life. So it's been really wonderful to uh, explore and track that through my art. And, and I'm so lucky that I get to often, um, you know, get hired by clients to kind of make that personal work, which is just so cool. I love that. So how did you find your niche? I know that some of your work is kind of satirical, but there's also a balance between like being a little dark and finding the light how do you, how do you find that path when you're creating things for, for the public, for a larger audience? I think it's hard. I think, again, I really think it has kind of mirrored my like personal journey. Like my earlier work is kind of strictly comical. Um, there really isn't much vulnerability or honesty in it. Um, yeah. as you know, I think in my, early 20s when I moved to New York, uh, you know, just the like developmental stage I was in. I I just, I wanted to, I just kind of approached life with sarcasm, which, you know, whatever, it could make things more challenging at times for right. sure. It's um, a coping mechanism of sorts. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. But then just as I've grown up, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now, as I've grown up, I think it's just yeah, it's just been, it's just been nice to, um, yeah, kind of like balance that, uh, again, right in my personal life and then have that be reflected in my work of, um, you know, just showing up and trying to be sincere. I think, I think that the balance of sincerity with, uh, humor is something I'm, I'm always aiming for. Um, you know, sometimes it, goes a little more one one way or the other um but I think yeah just that balance again I try to uh embrace it in all all aspects of my life well and it feels like yeah oh sorry go ahead like life follows art and art follows life right yeah that's where you get inspired from (laughs) and I feel like that's such a good (laughs) yes it's such a good segue to talking about your book (sighs) a book um it sounds like the inspiration for the book is so wrapped up in your experiences and kind of finding the balance between those like really tough moments, finding different tools like sarcasm or other coping mechanisms to get through it. But I would love for ours you to is tell dark us humor. Little, yeah, <laughs> super dark. <laughs> but I would love to hear a little bit more about like your process with lighting writing the book and you know, how it felt to kind of compile all of that and bring it together. Yeah. I mean, it was really like so wonderful and so lucky to, um, to have like my book come at the time that it did. I sold it like the first few months of lockdown. And so I had this like huge project to, throw myself into to like take up all my time, take up all my energy at a, at a time that was like very tumultuous and very overwhelming and very stressful, right? Like mm-hmm. for on a personal level, on a societal level, right? There was so much going on. And so yeah. um, it really was like a, like a safe, um, 
again, right. It was like my internal world. I could kind of escape to, um, and, and to, you know, a way to cope with like making the book in, uh, you know, the like summer of, it was like the summer and fall of, of 2020 when I, um, wrote it and illustrated, I think it was like about six, my deadline was like a six month deadline. Um, and so it was intense. Cause I had to like, I kind of had to churn it out. Right. Like I had to do, like, I did the math and it was like, all right, you got to do like five drawings a day, you know, cause yes. there's procrastination thrown in there. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It was just like such a wonderful process to kind of, you know, it was this like culmination of essentially like a little under a decade of work, right? Like I, like I haven't, I've, I've been a freelancer. I've been in New York about 10 years now. And, um, but you know, I've been illustrating and uh, making work, you know, before previously to that. So it really felt like this culmination, not like leaving it behind or wrapping it up, but it really did feel kind of like this, yeah, just summary of the journey I've been on and the work that I had been making up until that point. Um, And it was so cool to have this physical object when, for the most part, my work has like really lived online. Yeah. I am in the the final stages of a book, uh, very different topic. It's a book about Squarespace. So much less, I mean, still creative, but much less creative. But I feel like two things have come out of it. One, for me, it helped me like figure out how to prioritize something other than being there, just like being someone's mom and being someone's partner and like doing work for clients. So I'm curious if you felt like the act of doing that project left you different on the other side and also curious if you would ever do it again um yes for sure different on the other side because um you know i think it showed me uh like get to focus on one project for that amount of time I was like, whoa, I have never done this before. Right. As a, as a freelancer, it's like every month you're juggling like a few short term jobs. Sometimes you have repeating clients, but like, you know, for me, my, my work has been for like, I don't know, lack of a better term, chaotic for, for so long. And so yeah, to get to just focus on something, have like, yeah, this one project to really dive into that was just me showed me that like, oh, this is something I want more of. Like, I want to take my time. I want to really like pay more attention and and slow down um, and give more like care to what I'm making and not just be kind of like, go, 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 this, 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 this. So um, yeah, so for sure, you know, uh, creating the book, getting it out in the world, I was like, something was released where I could be like, all right, like now what? Right. Like, here's the thing I've been dreaming about for years, right? A book. I want to do a book. I want to do a book. And then you do it and you're like, okay, like now what do I want to do? Um, so yes, completely changed me. Um, like my girlfriend and I did like a two month 
cross country road trip right after it came out. And that was where Mm. I like kind of was like, Oh, like I'm, I think I want a new challenge. I think I want to like, I think I want to maybe embark on this new journey of like a for sure related, but different career. Um, And then in terms of what I do it again, you know, I for sure learned so much, um, but I don't, I don't know that I would do the same type of book, but I mm-hmm. for sure think that like once I'm more established in the mental health field, it would be really cool to, to like uh, create a book as a therapist, you know, kind of like with that, um, with that, like, yeah, just with that, like, different level of expertise and and knowledge and, um, yeah, so, so I do think so, but I would want to do it from, like, a, yeah, from a different, a different vantage point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, your art for so long had this sort of therapeutic value to it, and it appeals greatly to, like, our generation, right, the millennial generation and, and what we've been going through. So, to me, when I was, um, thinking about this episode, thinking about how this jump for you going into grad school and um, going to become a clinical mental mental health counselor and creative arts therapist, it didn't seem like that big of a jump because these things seem really related. But what was it? What was that moment where you were like, you're talking about how you said you wanted a new challenge, but how, where did you, how did you get into therapy? How did you make that jump? So there was probably like a few, you know, little moments, but the one that sticks out for me is because of the way the publishing industry works, you know, books have like a a category and um, they, the publisher, like I wasn't uh, clued into this uh, decision, but my book was, is categorized as self-help. Like that's the, like they didn't, they didn't put it with comics or with art, but, but they put it as self-help, right? So that means it's going to be in bookstores with books. Like, of course, not all self-help books are written by mental health professionals, but a a lot of them are, right? By psychologists, therapists, whatever, the whole gamut. And so I started, I had to, I I felt the need to start my book with a disclaimer because it was going to be in there. Like, I didn't want anyone to think I was a therapist. So the first line, I think, of the introduction is like, I'm not a mental health professional. And there was something about like just typing that sentence when I was writing the introduction where I was like, oh, like I kind of wish I was. Um, Because I think for me, my journey in therapy as an adult, which started in 2018, like I had, I had done it when I was younger, but then took a big break. And when I went back into therapy, it, it, in so many ways, it really did kind of, again, mirror, like discovering, really getting into art as a teenager, like getting into therapy and just like, just whatever, right? That like, there is like, I could kind of live my life differently than I was. Um, That just blew my mind. It was so exciting. And I was like, wait, does everyone know this? Does everyone know like all this stuff you could learn in therapy? It's so cool. Um, So yeah, I just was like listening to that excitement and illustrating and following that path of like trying to be a career artist. It just wasn't like igniting that same excitement in me um, as it used to, but I felt it when I would kind of like 
start to think or talk about becoming a therapist. So I just tried to listen to that. And like, yeah, there were these little moments. Um, so yeah, but I thought that was like a big one for me of like, huh, okay, there's something here. Like physically, I feel different when I think about it and talk about it with, with the people in my life. So do you have a vision of like, once you're through graduate school, like, do you have a vision of how that career will live alongside or in relation to your work and your practice? I don't yet. I, I, I great. I don't (laughs) love that. That's your answer though. (laughs) No, I think there's just like, you know, so I just finished my first year of grad school. I'm about to start my second and there's just so many possibilities and, and I will start, you know, having clients next year and like working in different settings. And and I really just want that to like inform me. Like I have again, right. These curiosities that I want to listen to and I want to explore, but there's so many ways like that. Um, you know, that there's so many pathways in that field that Mm -hmm. I really want to try to just be open to it and, again right just like listen to how it feels to be in certain settings with different populations and like yeah how strong I want to maintain my artist identity Um, and yeah how to kind of balance that and but you know what so many of my professors my specific art therapy professors will say is that like it's very important to keep making art even if it's you know not even if I'm, it's not illustration, like to have something to process. So whether yeah, I've been yeah. really into like marbling paper and like Ooh. just these other sort of, yeah, like creative yeah. outputs where I am um, getting into that like flow state. So I know that that's something I want to maintain, but yeah, I'm, we'll see like what, what happens. Um, but that's really but, cool. Yeah. For the time well, the being, fields are- yeah, the fields you're going into, those things overlap. And exactly. it's exactly really exactly. it just feels very natural, you know. Totally. Totally. I'm sure there's also like when you have a career as an artist, you know, I'm guessing that when you started making art when you were younger, it wasn't purely driven by like this could be a career, right? Like art is such a core piece of human expression. Oh my God. This in is why some my ways, parents, when I went to college and walked out with a planned major of something in art and they were like, absolutely not go back in there, <laughs> new major. And I was like, but this is what I want to do. And, um, 38 or 38 years, oh my God, that's old man. But like after college, it just became this thing where now I'm circling back to art. Like Kels knows I studied art history in college. Like I ended up going back to it, art history and English. And then I went into careers into like fashion. And then I sort of segued into this business. And I too am looking for this new challenge where I'm like, maybe I'll go back to grad school and go back into art school because I actually am like, I'm full circle the opposite way where I'm like, I need something else. And the thing that excites me is art and learning. I don't really care about the career part of it. I love to learn. I need to learn. Um, and these things, like to me, it doesn't feel like such a leap from where I am because I work sort of in this, we work in this creative field, right? Kels? 
Um, and so it just feels like really natural to start making these jumps when, as you get older and as you, I'm the kind of person who consistently needs a challenge to stay engaged. Um, but as if my life isn't challenging enough, you know, it just feels like there's something else out there. Like what else, what else, what else? And then what I like about what you're saying too, is just like kind of letting yourself be guided by that experience instead of thinking of a plan or what you're going to do exactly. My therapist, love her to death. Love you, Sonia, if you're listening. Um, she knows this. We end calls with like, I love you. Um, she's always like, listen to how you, she's like, you know, it's not here. It's how your body feels sometimes. Cause she's like, you overanalyze things. She's like, pay attention to how you feel. What feels right. If it feels good, great. Go do it. If you're excited about it, go do it. If it doesn't feel good, then that is your body tuned into something that maybe you're not mentally there yet for. And you should listen to that. And I'm like, wow, yeah. And maybe I should just start like not overriding my body's response to things. Like when you get the ick and you stick around anyway, it's like such a, such a ride, but it's, it's a great way to feel like you're making confident decisions for you, especially where you are in that time. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. When you started school, do you feel like you had that moment of, Oh God, I'm the dog that caught the car and now I have to actually do this work. Or did it feel like, Oh, this is what I meant to do where I meant to be. Yeah. It, it felt so good. I, It, I realized that I had been desperate for more structure and more, more work, like a, a different, a different kind of work. Right. It's like, I'm yeah. for sure, you know, I'm, I keep myself busy as an illustrator, but um, it's just, you know, it uses different parts of your brain. And I was, yeah. it was very exciting because of course, up until like classes began, I was like, I really wonder how this is going to go because yeah, in undergrad, I was, you know, art was my major. So like, I was not writing lots of, I wasn't writing research papers at all. I what like, there was so many things I had to kind of like remember and figure out how to do, but um, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised that uh, there was this like, yeah, e- eagerness um, that got unlocked and has just, yeah like guided me, guided me in like a really, really great way. That's super cool. Is there any medium of art that you have never tried that you've always wanted to? Ooh, never tried, you know? Yes. I really want to, um, get into glass blowing. Like I've done stained glass. I took a stained glass workshop last summer. That was incredible. But, um, I come from like a glass family. Like my, my grandparents were collectors. My mom went through a glass phase. So I really would love to like, yeah, do, do that. But it looks really scary too. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you ever want to come to Wisconsin, I just discovered that there's a glass blowing studio uh, down the road from here. So come on. Uh, Mallory, same question to you. What, what, sorry. Is uh, there a medium, a medium that you've never tried that you would like to, to dabble in? Um, this is a great question. I have been getting into 
dying here in Mexico, specifically natural dyeing, um, botanical dyes with using tannins. I love science. So the scientific process mixed with natural and I love natural. So those two things mixed together are really interesting to me. It's like a bit of a lift though, because you got to know a lot about it. And then the way I want to do it requires me to do stuff like soaking nails in solutions so I can get the iron solution to bring out the tannins and the botanicals on these prints. I have something somewhere that I was testing out, but what I like about it is because it's got this natural form using um, these natural dye. I also did some indigo dyeing workshops when I was here, which was really interesting because we were using real indigo. We were, um, I don't know, it's just, I like when you have natural processes that basically take their own journey through and it's not all just me. It's like letting the things be the things. So I plan on bringing that back to, um, back home with me this fall. So get ready for botanical dye workshops. I love that. <laughs> for Mother's Day, I was gifted a Kintsugi kit because, uh, sweet Jasper Ooh. threw one of my favorite bowls to the ground and it cracked in two. And I was like, you know, that's such a nice, that's like a really nice idea, but I'm also very scared because apparently one of the pe- like one of the components of this uh, craft is like, if it gets on your hands, it feels like you have had like poison Ivy all over them. Uh, <laughs> so you have to wear like gloves and a mask. Otherwise really so I'll, I'll, uh, once I actually put it together, I'll let you all know how it goes. <laughs> well, yeah. And for, for folks who are like Kintsugi is the practice of taking broken items and melding them back together using usually gold leaf or something like that to detail it. And the whole basis of it is that you know, you can still make something beautiful again. They can be reborn in this really precious way, really intentional way. I love, I think it's so beautiful and so poetic, but now you're like, yes. you see that? I was, yeah, you got to use no poison ivy for you. For anyone who is curious, it was a East Fork Bitty Bowl in a green color that was a limited edition, uh, never to be seen again. But luckily he chucked it and it just broke right into. So I can oh, theoretically perfect. put it back no together. Shards. Yeah. Excellent. Those things usually don't break. He really chucked it though. He gave oh. it yeah. all of his, he put all of his 22 pounds behind it. Let me tell you. <laughs> I I know, I know the exact green you're talking about. Yeah. Heartbreaking. What was it called? It's like the prettiest, like yellow mossy green. Anyway. Uh, maybe I'll take a picture of it and throw it in the show notes. It's not going to be fixed yet, but I will show you the two broken house. Uh, Grace, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Uh, we're really, really excited to see like everything that comes next with you. And I hope, I hope grad school is just continues to be a really great experience. Um, Mel, you want to send us out? Yeah. Um, thanks everyone for listening. We've got one more episode coming up, maybe two. Um, sorry, Raina. <laughs> I never, never remember, but you can catch this delightfulness on our YouTube channel. Um, you can also find it on our website, um, at www.weekofthewebsite.com forward slash no surprises. Um, but it's in there. Um, but yeah, no, we look forward to bringing back even more no surprises and, um, yeah, we'll talk to everyone again soon. Yeah. Thanks, Grace. Thank you.